what's up everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions. This is A Mets and I'm here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how is it going in Illinois? Oh, it's going great. I'm wearing my new White Sox shirt. All is good. Nice. You know what's awesome is, although this will probably be before I record, but I'm getting ready for the White Sox to come to the beautiful city of Oakland and play our team. And I don't know who I'm rooting for. I guess I don't really have a rooting interest in either team, really. But I'm excited. Yeah, the Athletics have some interesting young bucks on their squad. They do. I Okay, a couple of things I did not even realize before this season. First of all, that Andrew McCutcheon is on the Giants. Oh, yeah. I Longoria. missed the notification for that, so I'm going to go to some Giants games. That, well, I did know this, but that Ichiro is on the Mariners. Awesome. And it's so great. Speaking of Japanese players... Holy shit. Holy Shohei Otani. He's really good. Yeah. And I hope, like, by the time that this is released, he hasn't gone on some, like, horrific slump and I look like an idiot. But, wow. Now, he's, uh, there, I've been reading about him for about a year and a half. And, and a podcast I listen to, they talk about him a lot. And I heard all this hype, and I, you know, people that played in Japan with him would talk and say... If he's going to love to it, he's going to love to it. But you always have, like, some skepticism around yeah. you know, when there's this much hype. But, he, I mean, he's throwing, like, 98. He's got an unhittable splitter. He throws a slider that's nasty. And he hits for power. He's going to be a beast. Yeah, he's going to be amazing. He he is making, with his splitter, making these batters look like damn fools. It's like the old, uh, what was it, Kensuke Sasaki? Is it? No, that's... Cause, the closer old? on the Mariners? Yeah, Suzuki? Kazuhiro Sasaki. Is that Sasaki. right? Yeah, Sasaki. Yeah, Sasaki, that's right. Yeah, he had a nasty splitter, too. So did uh, uh, Shigatoshi Hasegawa? Yeah, right? he might have. I can't remember what his, was in his pitching repertoire. And Hideo Nomo. It's his common import, the Japanese splitter of doom. I don't know how to throw... I have no idea how to throw a splitter. You can. I know how to throw it. I mean, I can't throw a good one, but you have. You literally split your index and middle fingers out as wide as you can, and throw it with the same arm motion as a fastball. So the ones who have good, really good ones, they, they just tumbles. Like it still has a lot of velocity, but it tumbles almost like a knuckleball, huh. or, or it, sometimes it dives like a changeup. It depends how they throw it. But there is but nothing. A, yeah, go ahead. And no, it's just a nasty pitch. There. Yeah, there is nothing like that I feel like makes batters look more foolish than just a really good splitter. Yeah, when it dies, it just dives down when it gets home plate and dies. It's great. Yeah. But we have some big holidays coming up. I can think of two on two consecutive days. May the 4th, if you're a Star Wars fan, which I am not really. I'm not either. Yeah, so that doesn't count. But also, Cinco de Mayo is coming up. You got any big plans? You know, I don't yet, but I would like... I probably will try to get Lisa to go to this uh, unbelievably good uh, Mexican restaurant over by Los Fernandez, if we can get a table. Um, Because it's delicious. They've got a vegan burrito that I can eat, and they make a bunch of delicious uh, margaritas. It's a great place. Sometimes they have live guitar. It's, It's a lovely little establishment. Very nice. What is your go-to kind of Mexican food? Let's take out burritos, 
tacos. What's your like next like kind of Mexican food that you like? Well, I'm a little bit limited now because of the vegan thing, but right. I would say maybe if this counts some kind of almost like, you know, Chipotle made famous like the burrito bowl. Mm-hmm. So I like to just get a bunch of black beans, some avocado, some corn, you know, maybe some rice and just kind of make a bowl that's full of nutrients and deliciousness. Yeah, I can see that. I uh I've like liked tortas more and more over the years just like especially one that has like a nice either carne asada well yeah that that would be my favorite like a good carne asada torta and i don't mind flautas either although i feel like those can be done wrong in which case they just end up like a taquito from like (laughs) 7-eleven do you have uh have you ever had mole yes Torta. Uh, Lisa likes that. Yeah, a good mole sauce. There was this one place in Seattle that had really good mole, and I'm forgetting it now. But uh, my good friend Spencer and his now wife Rachel took us there, and I'm forgetting the name of the restaurant. But they had a really good mole. If was I could, whole, was it wait? Was it holy mole? It was exactly. And if I could figure out how to cook it uh, or make it myself, I totally would. I believe it's a chocolate based, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Or maybe, cocoa. Co- maybe it's cacao. just just melting some Hershey's chocolate, that's all it is. Yeah, you just, you know, drizzle that on your torta and then you've got a delicious treat. Yes. I think it's time for Cinco de Mayo to be a national holiday. I want another day off. I will say we don't like there are only six, I think, federal holidays where at least, like, everybody gets off. How is that possible? Yeah. Other countries have way more. Yeah, it's because we have a culture that uh, fetishizes overworking people. So Working is stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. And you're not as productive if you're tired. So get, get, a, get a clue, companies. Yeah, exactly. All right, we have a great top five for you today. It is the top... I forgot even what our top five is. I have to look it up. Oh, our top five is the top five game shows of all time, which I'm excited about. But before we get to that, be pimp. Why don't you tell them what whiskey you're rolling with? I have a whiskey that somehow we have avoided reviewing to this point, and I don't know how. How? But what I have is the classic Jameson Irish whiskey. Wow, we haven't done just Jameson? We haven't. All right, I want to see where this stacks up, because I feel like this is kind of that... Well, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even remember my opinions of Jameson. I think I probably haven't had it in a while. I can tell you, I'm a fan of it. Um, I got some on the rocks here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to taste for the purposes of, you know, declaring it smooth or giving it the boot. Um, but it's a blended Irish whiskey... Um, it's a classic. Most people probably know this. You know, you got the commercials. You got the uh, people call it JMO. It's a popular shot. It's you're gonna see it just about anywhere that would have any whiskey. Yeah. I'm drinking the straight up regular, um, basic, you know, classic Jameson Irish whiskey. None of the fancy stuff. Nah. So what, let's see. What proof is Jameson, by the way? Um, my guess. I'm, eighty. I'm, eight. Ooh. Kind of low. 
Yeah, it's kind of low. I mean, it's in line with most of the popular um, Irish whiskeys, I think. All right, I'm it's, curious. Is it smooth or does it get the boot? Cheers. About to try it. Cheers. Slancha. Oh, that's that's some smooth stuff right there. Jamo is smooth. You heard it here first. Do you it's think? A, go ahead. Oh no, I was. Like, do you think that its smoothness is part of the reason it's such like a popular shot whiskey? Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I was gonna say. It's something strange that is. It's almost like ubiquitous, but and and super popular. Most people know it, but it also is just very good. So it's not one of those things like you know we've we've talked about our our disdain for SoCo, um, also known as the syrup of whiskeys. It's and that's super popular, and I don't understand why. But Jameson is just a solid Irish whiskey. Um, it's very smooth. It's very it's excellent on the rocks. Um, it's like a sweater on the inside is always what I say, because it just warms you up and it's delicious. Well, that's as ringing an endorsement as you can get. I'm also curious, what is what kind of what are we dealing with for the price point of JMO? Is it? I, I can't really remember. Is it sort of in the middle? Is it a little cheaper than Jack, or is it about what Jack is? No, it's it's pretty much neck and neck with Jack. I get mine at the Jewels. All right. Um, the Jewels. The Jewels Osco near me. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, I believe it's usually on sale for somewhere around twenty five dollars. Okay. So. And it's a solid, you know, normal fifth of whiskey. And I think usually you'll find Jack Daniels in that range. Yeah. Some some places that are, you know, that gouge you a little bit, you'll see it closer to 30. Um, but it's it's definitely worth the price. You can't go wrong. I like to mix it with ginger ale. That's a delicious drink. If you put a little uh, wedge of lime and lemon in there, Whoa. You, can't, you can't go wrong, especially in the summer months. Hey, here's another reason you got to come out here with Lisa is we'll get you the ginger ale, we'll grab some Jameson, and then the lemon from our lemon tree out back. Oh, that would be a delightful. The freshest lemon you will get. I don't know why our lemons are so small. I even thought they were limes for the longest time because they were green for literally like six straight months <laughs> and then just started turning yellow, uh, which maybe is how lemon trees work. I'm not sure. But we have a lemon tree. We've got some lemons. And they've, I won't say our lemons are the best lemons, but they probably are. We'll do, I'll bring a bottle, we'll do a shot, and we'll have a lemon as a chaser. Yes, I am down for that. All right, speaking of chasers, that's, this transition makes no sense. <laughs> so I'm just going to bail on it, and we're going to talk about our top five game shows of all time. Now, I found, I thought this was going to be easy to put together, uh, and I think the actual top five itself was pretty easy for me to put together. But I found there was a clear delineation between what I thought was a good game show and what I just did not enjoy as a game show. Like, I didn't have a ton of honorable mentions. How about you? I do have a few, but I, I definitely see what you're saying. Some of my honorable mentions are... And actually, some of the ones I ranked are more... Um, they're a little bit heavy on the nostalgia factor. I couldn't really defend them as like a quality game show, but I just like them. So that's mm -hmm. kind of how I approached it. So I do have a few honorable mentions. All right. Well, let's get into it. These are our top five game shows. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. 
All right, so my number five game show is... So it's a game show that's existed in a few different forms, and I was not aware of the older forms, but the latest one was hosted by Maury Povich, and it was kind of capitalizing on the success that right around 1999, 2000, that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was having, the renaissance of game shows, kind of. Mm-hmm. So Maury Povich was hosting a version of a show called 21. It only existed, his version, for like maybe, well, Wikipedia said it existed for four months. I guess my recollection, I, I don't remember how long it was on. Not for very long. But I do remember two things. First of all, that it was better than Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because two people on that show won more than a million dollars, which is crazy and maybe explains why the show wasn't even on for very long because people were doing too well on it. But it was the show 21. I don't have a strong recollection of this. I know I remember more vaguely Maury Povich hosting a game show. Yeah, it but... wasn't on for very long. and It's really, I think it was a pretty basic quiz show, but... The amount that people were winning was so high. It was, like, ridiculous. It was exciting. I'm going to have to go see if I can find a back episode, uh, a piece of the back catalog and watch it. Do it. I'm telling you. Uh, So that's why I had to just sneak it on my list. But, yeah, that's my number five. 21 with Maury Povich. I love I I loved that area that 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 renaissance of game shows that like started with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. There were like a few others that like came back around that time too. Yeah, I don't get it was what good, it, it was. was. Good fun primetime TV. Exactly. All right, what's your number five? My number five is Mark Summers' Nickelodeon classic Double Dare. Ooh, good one. I love that show. Um, I was a Nickelodeon rat as a kid and i used to watch it all the time and they had you know that was where the slime started they had all these goofy obstacles they had weird trivia questions mark summers was a just entertaining host it was it's just like a big free-for-all of fun um i have great memories watching it so that's my number five what do you suppose a slime is actually made out of it's probably like um uh what would it be what would be cheap and effective. It's got to be like green food coloring in maybe some like maybe some like just water with like powdered yeah, additive or corn something. Corn starch or something. Yeah, I'm curious how you like even that. make that material. It was it was just everywhere on Nickelodeon, so they had to be cheap. Yeah, does Nickelodeon still use that? Like, do kids still get slimed? You know, I don't think... I haven't checked in with Nickelodeon recently in the last number of years. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's mostly, like, kind of angsty teen shows now. So I don't know if they have any of the <sighs> Kids fun today. hijinks. Yeah. But. All right, fair enough. My number four is The Price is Right. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't really specify. I guess I do mean the Bob Barker version because I... I've probably only seen, like, two episodes of the Drew Carey version. But I will say, what I loved about The Price is Right is it's nostalgic for one reason. First of all, it means I didn't go to school. Yep. Uh, unlike some of these other shows. So what time, what time was it on on the West Coast? You know, I can't remember if it was 10 or 11, but I think it was 10 or 11. It was 10 Central, so I was curious if... Yeah. Well, I think the weird thing about these shows is, like, a lot of these game shows are syndicated, so it's like, they could really, 
depending on your local market, be on at any time. And that always drove me nuts about Chicago, and I love Chicago, but I could not stand that they played Jeopardy at like 3 o'clock. Yeah, so you could never see it? No, I could never see it. In Seattle, Jeopardy was after Wheel of Fortune at 7.30. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you definitely could watch it. Could always watch it. But yeah, but uh, I think across the board, it seems like The Price is Right is like a midday to late morning show. And so it's, uh, but yeah, it's, I love the prizes. I always think the the showcase prizes at the end always had just like so many kick-ass things. I think if you didn't have a jet ski in your showcase prize, then don't go for it. Yeah, pass that on. Pass it on, because the other one's got a jet ski in it. For sure. And if it doesn't have that, it has some kind of camper. <laughs> so either way, you're coming out victorious. But or yeah. like a, a small sedan-type car. Like a cheapo-type sedan. Oh, yeah. Like a Hyundai Elantra or something. Yeah. But the other, like... Price is Right had a bunch of great games. Like... Plinko being like one of the most popular ones, which was so popular they've turned it into its own game show. <laughs> Have you seen that one? It's like produced by LeBron James and is hosted by I'm like forgetting his name right now, but it's the same guy who did the Nerdist stuff. Oh, Chris Hardwick? Yeah. Called The Wall, which is just a giant version of Plinko. I never saw that. Yeah, I haven't actually watched the show, but I remember seeing previews for it. So I think Plinko is popular for a different reason in that our great friend Keith has a version of it called Drinko. That's and he right. Would bring, it out, bring it out for all of his parties and he'd give out these poker big dealer chips for poker and you have to drop it in the Drinko board and it would tell you what to drink. That is... It's awesome because like he built it and you know it makes me think I gotta figure out some way to get out there for the fantasy draft. I think that would be amazing. That would be amazing. You just drop in, like, from the rafters. Oh, yeah. Like, Show up unannounced. It's like, I'm here. All right, that's my number four. What is your number four game show? Number four, for me, is another Nickelodeon show. I did not do this intentionally, but it is Legends of the Hidden Temple. Ooh, good one. I love everything about that show. You got Olmec, the big creepy stone statue that talks and explains like the backstory of the episode you've got all the weird color animal teams like the i think it was like silver monkeys and orange barracudas and blue iguanas you know um the host was a weird guy that wore like cargo shorts that had a bunch of crap in the pockets but you never knew like what what was going on with that um he was very hyper and they had like just strange challenges where you just literally just be like rowing a canoe across this like pool in the studio they had um but for some reason it just it i always loved it at the at the end of the episodes when they would have to go through and like survive the temple they had these tokens and they could like buy their way out of being attacked by these creepy rape guards that were in there and you give them a token and they leave you alone it's just a strange show I, I think I read a piece on it recently. I don't remember what it was on. It might have been, like, on Deadspin or something that said, like, actually filming that show took forever and things constantly broke down. And, like, each episode was just, like, a nightmare to film. 
Oh, I believe it. It was a very intricate set. Yeah, it was a weird show. I kind of wonder, like, whose brainchild that was. There was a whole slew of just strange... Like, I want I want somebody to do a documentary about the history of Nickelodeon, because there were so many strange shows on that channel. Uh, I can't even begin to get into it, but I don't know who came up with this stuff. Yeah. All right, my number three is Supermarket Sweep. Bum, 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 double dip, double dip. Oh, no, shit. All right, well, the first thing I want to say about this is, like, when I discovered this show as a kid... I was blown away. Like, there's few things in my life where when I realized they existed, I was like, holy shit, this is perfect. One of them is Supermarket Sweep. The other one is the sport of Slam Ball, which, if you remember, <laughs> is like basketball with trampolines. and like. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was awesome. A mainstay of TNN. But yes, like, there are a few things where they just feel perfect. And Supermarket Sweep is the perfect idea for a game show. I don't know, I won't say like the execution of it was perfect, but it is, outside of that, awesome. I loved it. I'm getting upset that I didn't have it number one because your enthusiastic intro to this has made me realize how amazing it is. So good. Um, everything about it is great. Bring it yeah. back. They, act they actually have carts and they're running through a supermarket trying to get big items. And then they would give them these weird challenges like, okay, you have to get frozen yogurt. But not only do you have to get frozen yogurt, you have to get it in the order I tell you. So you have to get <laughs> chocolate and then strawberry and then vanilla and then banana. And if you don't do it in that order, I'm going to dock you dollars. Like, who? what the hell is that? It's, it's I an don't insane know. idea. It's a great show. Uh, every time at the end when they had to run through and do that big, you know, the sweep mm -hmm. to get all the money, I was always like, in my head, I'm like, go get all the turkeys because they're worth the most. Money. I know. Is there a game show that you get angrier at the contest contestants for? Yeah, like you'd have a lady like in the aisle with the olive oil just like staring at stuff. I'm like, go buy the meats. Yeah, why? Why are you like hesitating to put like a roll of paper towels in there? Like, get the high-value things, you dummy. Even I, as a six-year-old, I could, like, yell that at the screen. Yeah, I'm sitting there watching PAX or whatever channel is on, just screaming, Go get the turkeys! But that is essentially how I shop now. I don't know about you. I just, I'm in and out of there in 35 seconds, and I just, like, take my arm and sweep it across a uh, each aisle. You got a timer, you got an announcer yelling out what you're picking... Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, I'll come home and Maggie will say, like, why do you have 17 bottles of soy sauce? And I'm like, that's where my arm was. Sorry. <laughs> that's what found its way in the cart today. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> and then she'll say, like, we don't have any money in our bank account. I was like, well. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm opening a soy sauce stand and we're going to make all of it back. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that was your number three. Yep, we had a double dip, which I am shocked by. Me too. I wonder if we have any more. All right, my number two, then, is Family Feud. Okay. Wait. No. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I'm on board with this. Wait. Uh, okay, so I really like Steve Harvey hosting it. And I don't think I would have it as high if he didn't. Now, I know a lot of people say... And this has been true with all of the hosts that have hosted Family Feud. That the game 
could literally be played in like two minutes. And I understand that. There's a lot of shit shooting on that show. And that's usually not something I'm about. But I like it with Steve Harvey. Yeah, he's great at it. He is. My only complaint with that show is, especially now, sometimes the uh, the people that write the questions or the producers or whoever try a little bit too hard for the sexual innuendo in, like, potential answers. They do, but let me play devil's advocate and say they do that for sure, and it's annoying. Because it's, you know, like anything, when you're being spoon-fed something to right. get a reaction, it annoys you. But at least we have to give them credit, because they pick the weirdest euphemisms for things. Like, it'll just be like, they'll use dingling yes. for a penis. You know, like, it's just... Why did you go to dingling? There's so many things in between no, that you could have picked. They probably had a hundred different words for penis on that board. Yeah. I think I've seen dong. <laughs> I've seen, you know, I it just like anything that you could think of that re- re- relates to like a weird uh, sexual act or body part they've used. Yeah. And I also love on that show, and a lot of game shows are, you know, kind of geared toward this, but especially with Family Feud is... The first three rounds do not matter at all. Nope. Like, they are all trumped by the fourth round, which is, like, triple points. It's the only one that matters. And I don't know, is there a more exciting 20 or 25 seconds in any game show than those, the final, uh, like, what do they call it? Fast Uh, Money. Fast Money. Is that what it's called? I think so. Okay. No, wait, I... This is brilliant. I was thrown off momentarily because I couldn't think of the name of that segment. But it is a glorious idea for a game show because here's what happens. You either get someone who is, like, clutch, and they're just, like, one after another naming the best thing, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I could have never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Or you get a moron oh my who God. is naming things that have nothing to do with the question, <laughs> and it's hilarious. And then Steve Harvey gets to stand there and just look blankly at the screen and go, all right. (laughs) He is, he has nailed the, this guy is a moron facial expression. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. All right, what is your number two? My number two is your previously mentioned The Price is Right. Oh, okay. So what, I forgot where I even put that on my list. It was four, I think. Yes, it was four. Have you watched a lot of the Drew Carey ones? What do you think? Yes, I have. So, background information. My dad is an obsessive Price is Right fan. He's watched it. Interesting. He's been retired retired for a few years now. He's watched it. I guarantee he's watched it every day since he's been retired that it's on. Uh, He loves it. So, as a kid, I couldn't help but watch it. So, whenever I was home during the summer or during, you know, home from school, like you said, or whatever, like, it, it became a thing where... At 10 o'clock, you're like, you know, the morning news is over. What's on at 10 o'clock? You're immediately going to watch The Price is Right. So I was always watching the Bob Barker version, and I've watched a decent amount of the Drew Carey version when I've had the opportunity. Um, he's not as good. Bob Barker was his own kind of legend. But mm-hmm. the show, the premise of the show is great because you got all the different segments. You get these people that are going nuts in the crowd to get in this, you know, in the showcase, or the, uh, what's the first part called where you bid on things? Ooh, the bidding corner. 
Yeah, the it's a bit of a bit. You know, yes. that part at the beginning um, where they just try to figure out what that item's worth. But then you get to watch, like, the people that are dicks, they're, like, bid over by a dollar from the person before them. Here's a question for you. What do you think... Let's say something is more or less worth about $1,000. What do you think is the amount you can bid over that is not dickish? Uh... <laughs> 50 bucks 50 bucks is where it starts to be not dickish anymore yeah because you give them you know you're giving them a little bit of a range yeah. and you're just saying you know like if they bid 925 and you bid 975 you're saying i think it's a little bit more expensive but i'm not you know you're giving them a range to, yeah. to work with and now granted you know if you're really just there to get on the stage and get to the showcase show and get your jet ski i'm not going to judge you but i feel like it's kind of a dick move well, do you think you would do it, though? If you were up no, there... No, I wouldn't do it. You would do 50 bucks or more? I would... I, I probably would just be off completely and, like, not go anywhere near what anyone else said because I don't know what I'm doing. But I, I could not... I cannot see a scenario where I would go, yeah, I'm going to outbid you by a dollar. Yeah, that's tough to say. I'm not sure what I would do in that situation. I don't think I would do one dollar more, but I'm not sure where the threshold is. I think 50 had- is reasonable. We had a conversation, Ryan, Rhino and I had a conversation about this recently, and he said that some guy got, like, outbid by a dollar three times in a row and lost, and, and he said the first time he, like, looked okay about it and was kind of, like, trying to be a good sport, the second time he was, like, staring blankly at the screen, and the third time he just looked like, you know, someone <laughs> someone knocked down his ice cream cone, Aww. and it's, like, it's got to get frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, I, I mean, I think I would actually bid one dollar Probably a lot. I feel like that happens. Yeah, but they, the only reason I would argue with that is because they seem to overvalue things on that show. Yeah. Like, you get... I know it's probably a retail price somewhere, but, like, they'll have an iPad or something, and it's, like, two grand or... You know, it's, like... It just seems to be, like, double what you could get one for, you know? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. All right. My number one, with a bullet, it's the only show I've tried to be on but they will not take me and it comes with an exclamation point is jeopardy and i say this like i know alex trebek is kind of a dick and i think being in the studio audience of that show would not be that interesting but there isn't a show i like watching more and there isn't too many things that i actually like talk to the tv more at than jeopardy (laughs) I gotta tell you, I didn't even have this on my list to pick from. Wow! Not even there. I, I understand it's a institution, it's been on forever, I know a lot of people like it. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't hate it, but it just doesn't, I don't know. Something no. about it I just don't get behind. You gotta be true to yourself. There is no doubt about that. But, I love Jeopardy. It has not changed very much over the years. I mean, the dollar amounts have only changed one time in my memory. Which is crazy. I probably watched it for over 20 years. And I I just, I really enjoy it. And What do you, which parody version is better? Celebrity Jeopardy or Black Jeopardy? God, I don't know. At first, like, I loved the Celebrity Jeopardies that were playing while Will Ferrell was on the cast of Saturday Night Live. But I gotta say, like, the last couple versions of Black Jeopardy have been amazing. Did you see the one with 
T'Challa. Yeah, I just watched that one, and that was, like, perfect. I loved the potato salad. Yeah, don't put fucking raisins in your potato <laughs> salad. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I like that. I like the one where Tom Hanks was, like, the the alt-right guy. Yeah. And he, just ha- he happened to have, like, the same ideas. No, exactly. I... I have liked the Black Jeopardy one a lot. And I think Kenan Thompson is like perfect for that kind of role too. Yeah, he's good at that. He's good at the host yeah. hosting gig. So I'm curious then, what is your number one? My number one is Family Feud, of course. Ah, okay. It's great. It's perfect. It's. I mean, okay, I'm going to go... I have liked every version of that show that I've seen. I've liked it when Richard Dawson was the host. What about Richard Karn? Rich, I loved it. It was what? Great. Are you kidding me? Uh, Al Borland hosting Family Feud. It's a dream come true. Even He's Louis just, Anderson. Even Louis Anderson. Yeah. Oh, get out of town. John O'Hurley, the guy that played Jay Peterman in Seinfeld. Oh, right. Sign me up. I'll watch it. God, I forgot that he did it. He did it too. Boy, that I'll show has had a shitload of hosts. And another, I know a lot. I know an embarrassing amount about Family Feud history. The other host. Which was Ray Combs, who followed Richard Dawson. He got entangled somehow in WWF storylines. He was on like a pay per view once. Oh, and weird. then he committed suicide. Yikes. After, I don't know, I think they were going to, they told him that they were going to get rid of him as the host, and he committed suicide. Pretty, pretty uh, dark. That is dark. Part of. Was he the one that like kissed all of them, though? No, that was Richard Dawson. Oh, okay. okay. All right, then I feel so, bad for him. I, I know that Steve Harvey's run has been hilarious and there's a lot of funny videos, but if you look up some of these original funny like compilations of like the earliest version of Family Feud, it is hilarious. That show is just a great premise. You have all these weird ass families that go on the show and they're just like color coordinated, hyped up. They get all you know you oh, yeah. a ninety year old woman making sex jokes. It's just a crazy show. No, it is crazy. It was a great idea for a show, which is probably why it's just, like, existed for so long. And even even as, like, a lot of game shows have had their versions, and then they've stopped for a little while, and then they've come back. Like, Family Feud has only stopped, I feel like, for a couple years at a time. Yeah, it was off, I think, uh, after the suicide. <laughs> that might stop like... it for a little bit. I think it was a few years between that and when Louis Anderson took over, maybe? Yeah, I can't even remember the order of... Was it Louis Anderson and then Richard Karn and then John O'Hurley? I'm almost positive that is correct. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That is a great show. But can I say one thing? Sure. I am very proud of the both of us for saying fuck off to Wheel of Fortune. Oh, fuck that. Not even on my list. No, and I... You know what? I... As a dishonorable mention, I think anybody could host that show better than Pat Sajak. He's a piece of shit. He sucks. Jesus. He just looks like he's angry all the time. He's ugly. He's not funny. He's got weird hair. Yeah. He seems like a creep. And I'm sure in like 10 years there's going to be some kind of scandal that has emerged based Uh, on him. Yeah. Vanna White seems perpetually uncomfortable with him being around. Yeah, she's like, keep him on the other side of the wheel. Please. Yes. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you have, I have like, who wants to be a millionaire? That was cool and that came back because it kind of just started a whole 
a second wave of like popular game shows. I forgot about the weakest link. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember with the angry British lady. Yeah, that was kind of short lived, but really popular for a minute there. Do you have any honorable mentions? I had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for obvious reasons. It was a phenomenon for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another weird one in the uh, like kind of in the vein of your twenty one. But do you remember when Bob Saget hosted One Versus One Hundred? Vaguely, I'm not sure I ever actually watched it, but I remember that being a scenario in life. It was an interesting show that had like you know one person as a contestant on the stage, and then there was a hundred panelists, and they would always have like five or six just weird celebrity type panelists, mm-hmm. and you had to answer a question right that the most people got wrong, and just eliminate all these hundred, and just get down to none. And try to win all this money. So it was kind of... I've watched at least five or six episodes of that. Um, pretty decent. Um, are you a, are you aware of Shop Till You Drop? I have not seen that, no. This was, at least in Chicago, in the south suburbs where I grew up, it was on back-to-back with Supermarket Sweep every day. Okay, seems fitting. And it, was a sh- it was a show where basically it was like a set... With, with like a two-level mall. So there was a, a vague electronic store, a sporting goods store, a clothing store, a perfume or whatever, jewelry store. And so the people had to go pick the most expensive items. Ooh, so it was kind of like shop to, or, uh, Supermarket Sweep, but it was just a little twist. I like it. I'm going to have good. to see if I can find an old episode of that. I have Match Game from back in the day because there was I've seen a lot of funny clips of Charles Nelson Riley uh, on that show. Doing some hijinks with his glasses. So that's we gotta, enough for me to... We gotta do a top five that's just, like, dating shows. It's funny you say that because Love Connection is another one of mine. Do you remember that with Chuck Woolery? Yeah, and, um, yeah, we gotta do that, and Cheaters, and what's the other one I like? Blind Date? Well, Blind Date's good. What's the one that it's, like, you go on a date with somebody else... And then at the end, the two people that are actually in a relationship decide if they want to, like, stay together or not. I can't remember what that show is called, though. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, it's great. And actually, if you find an early clip of it, the rapper, The Game, was on it. (laughs) And the best part is that his girlfriend said, uh, don't stay together. And he said, stay together. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, what the hell is that show called? Oh, I can't think of the name of it, but I remember watching that. That one's a classic. A real heartbreaker. I also have Baggage, which is the um, Jerry Springer-hosted game show on Game Show Network. Oh. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay, Lisa gets so mad at me for watching this, but it's it's (laughs) it's, it's absolute trash. No, how could it be? But basically what it is, is they have, like... You could tell they just went to like a casting agency and said, "Give me like the dumbest, hottest actors you have," uh-huh. and they would. So it would be like a woman would be the contestant, and she's clearly making up everything she's saying about herself. And then it would be like a super hot girl who's like, "All I care about is Harry Potter." And then <laughs> you'd have three guys, and it would be three actors, and then they would they each come out with a suitcase, and they have their third biggest piece of baggage in there. So they would each take turns opening it and saying, like, you know, I like to eat my own toenails, or I once, you know, peed in a bus station, or some, like, ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> and then they would have 
she would eliminate someone. Then they have a second round of it's like another like slightly more provocative piece of baggage. And then she would eliminate she would pick between the last two. And then they'd have this huge thing at the end. And it would just be Jerry Springer making like terrible puns. Oh god. But I but it's great. It's just good like cheaters, trash TV, very entertaining. Yeah, that uh, sounds very trashy. I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. It's great. Uh, I have Finders Keepers on there, which is a like a late '80s Nickelodeon game show that's weird that I stumbled across recently on YouTube. Um, it was like they have like two teams of kids, and they basically go from room to room trying to find something in it that's hidden in a room. So they'll be like, "Go!" F-. It's like a highlights magazine when you would like try to find a hidden image. Uh-huh. They'd be like, "There's a boot in this room." Go find the boot. And then these kids would just run around and like tear the shit out of this room and, and look for a boot. And then they'd have weird trivia questions. It's insane. Um, and then Press Your Luck, which was the No Whammies, No Whammies stop oh, show. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, I always liked that show because it was really just obvious that they were controlling this light. <laughs> it would stop on something. So they were hitting a button and then it would like stop 10 seconds later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if you have a favorite game show that we forgot to talk about, go ahead and let us know on Twitter at, at Whiskey Sessions, or email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we can read those on the air. So let's go ahead and do that now. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? Hello, whiskey idiots. How can you make a list of horror movies and completely omit the greatest of them all, any of the scary movies? They have things from, like, every other type of horror movie. My list would have only one entry, scary movie. Sincerely, Dylan from Minnesota. Oh, Dylan. Well, Dylan, I'm glad you didn't specify a town. No, we'd have to make fun of that town. Yeah, we would have been mercilessly mocking it, but what, I don't understand how anyone could like a scary movie outside of, you know, if you like it in an ironic way or like, you know, it entertains you because it's stupid, fine. But what, it would never even be, if we made a top 100 horror movies, it wouldn't be on my list. No. First of all, okay, I'm going to admit this. I actually find Scary Movie 3 kind of entertaining. But, I will say, when I saw the original Scary Movie, it was possibly my most underwhelming theater movie experience of my life. I have never been more disappointed in a movie. I was actually excited to see it, saw it with a bunch of friends, and I hated that movie. I have two. They're not, um, they're not scary movies, but Head of State with Chris Rock was god-awful. I can see that. Dreamcatcher, I think it was like a... Stephen King book that they turn into a movie that centers around a monster of it's basically like a turd, so it's a shit monster. <laughs> don't remember that I, one. I wanted to leave, and I don't, we watched both of these like my high school group of friends it, within one year. I don't know what we were doing to select the movies we went to, but we were doing a very bad job. Yikes! All right, I got an email from Quentin in from Seaside, Oregon. It says, "Dear Whiskey Heads." I thought for sure this podcast would be about drinking with Attorney General Jeff Sessions. It's not, but I still enjoy it. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Quentin. It is definitely not about drinking with Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Could you imagine anything worse 
That would be awful. I'm glad we don't do that. I would demand payment for this podcast if that's what we had to do. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I would just need to make a lot of money. I would. I need to make. Uh, what's your number? I think I would have to be somewhere around like twenty five thousand per episode. Yeah. 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 I agree. He's with a that. little. He's like basically like a little nymph. Yeah. Person. He's just like. I feel like he's the definition of just like a shit. So I think you would drink like. Probably, I don't know, something very light alcohol in like a thimble, and he'd take a, like a little sip of it, and he would just become even more unpleasant the more he drank. I'm sure if he can even do that. But I'm glad. I am glad that's what we decided that our our podcast is not about is drinking it, with Jeff Sessions. It is never going to be about that. No, absolutely not. So if you have an idea of what our podcast should actually be about, go ahead and hit us up at our email address. Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com, and we'll read it on air. But uh, yeah, that does it for this episode. Be pimp. You have anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Go fuck yourself, Jeff Sessions. <laughs> yeah! Oh, you told him. All right, this is Amets. Peace out. Work to your mouth.